Talk Money is a production of Lola Media. Say hi, Lola. <coughs> For updates, further breakdowns, and past episodes of this podcast, sign up at thetalkmoney.com. If you enjoy our podcast, help us get the word out. Write a review on Apple Podcasts. It goes a long way to help us reach more ears. And now you can sign up for our newsletter, where we curate the best money topics of the week from across the internet. It's quick, informative, and most importantly, fun. Sign up at thetalkmoney.com slash newsletter. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Talk Money Weekly, where we talk about current business events paired with our newsletter. Today's episode, China's Credit Contagion. And I'm not talking about COVID. The Chinese market has actually been infected with something else. People not paying their bills. In this case, Evergrande or Evergrande. I don't know how to pronounce it, but it's spelt grande, like the Starbucks grande cappuccinos or whatever you choose to drink. So I'm just going to say it's Evergrande, which is a weird name for a Chinese company because it sounds Spanish. But whatever the case Evergrande, China's second largest construction company, failed to make interest payments on their loans that sent the entire Chinese market and system into a tizzy. And what ended up happening is that they defaulted on two of their big loans. And when you default on your two big loans, what happens? The whole system kind of crashes because banks are dependent on you making timely payments on those loans. And if you don't make the payment, it kind of fucks up all their stuff, right? So like they need cash on hand to be lending out and doing all the other stuff that banks do. And what ended up happening is that because Evergrande missed those payments, the stock of Evergrande collapsed. So I think they almost collapsed 90% at one point. So imagine, you know, one day you walk in and you've lost basically the entire value of your company because you can't make payments to the bank. And then everyone starts freaking out. They're like, oh my God, this is really bad. China is going to have like a financial crash and a financial meltdown. Why was it such big headline news? Because, you know, when you think about the number itself, I think it was something like $89 billion that they owed. And I know it's a lot of money for an individual, but for like a country and a system, it's actually not that large, right? But the reason why people were freaking out, or at least why the media was playing it as a big headline news, was that is this something similar to what happened in 2008 with Lehman Brothers? And so in the case with Lehman Brothers, Lehman Brothers was an investment bank, you know, one of those blue chip banks that too big to fail, as they said. Lehman Brothers had a lot of mortgage-backed securities in their portfolio. So they were holding on to a lot of like real estate, housing, residential housing. And when the housing market collapsed, Lehman Brothers imploded. So they went from being like, I think it was the fourth largest investment bank to going into bankruptcy. They had like $600 billion of liabilities and $600 billion of assets. Liabilities meaning they have a ton of debt that they owe on. And then $600 billion of assets could be anything from you know cash to assets as in stock or whatever it might be. But that collapsed. And what ended up happening there is that that had a domino effect that just went boom, 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 boom. And the entire market crashed. The entire financial system needed the government to step in. And it caused all this new regulation and obviously people taking less risk. And now we're, what is it, 2008? We're almost 13 years later. The market is at right off all-time highs. Everyone's been making money for a really long time. And so I think the thing is, people are just waiting 
for a reason for the market to pull back. It was COVID last year, and then it was inflation woes because of COVID, because there was so much money printing. Then we had Delta recently that freaked everybody out. And now we have, oh my God, the Chinese system is going to collapse. What does that mean for us? How much does the US or Europe hold of those assets in China? What adds if this thing just starts spreading and then we get all jacked up because of it? And so that's why it became headline news. That's why the market actually did have a pretty down day. But when you think about it, it was only really down a percent and a half to 2%. And the market's been up 20% since January. So, like, it's kind of a blip. It didn't really do anything. The next day, the market went right back up. Obviously, Evergrande is still in bad shape, but the Chinese government came in. They stepped in. They put an injection of cash into the banking system so that these banks weren't freaking out that they were not getting their interest being paid. So that's what Chinese central bank comes in saves the day, calms everything down. Now what's going to happen is that Evergrande is going to renegotiate. They're going to figure out, you know, make everyone happy, refinance, boom, boom, boom. Everyone's like on edge about it. But honestly, like I think it was like a day of headline news that people really wanted to blow out of proportion. A lot of people who are sitting there on the sidelines with cash ready to invest they want a big pullback in the market so that they can invest in it. And so we're looking for a reason for that to happen. And so maybe the Chinese Evergrande thing is an isolated event. It seems that people aren't that worried because the exposure to the U.S. and Europe is actually quite minimal. Like technically it would be the equivalent of like pennies. The issue is that will this have a longer term effect? Are there going to be other institutions in China that fall because of these real estate assets? And you have to also keep in mind that a lot of people in China invest in real estate. It's a higher number than people in the U.S. In the U.S., we have all sorts of things to invest in. You have private equity, you investing in companies, you investing in the stock market, you also invest in real estate. But in China, real estate is like a big proportion of like the asset that people invest in. So when the real estate market crashes, that means a lot of people's wealth gets wiped out. And that's actually a scary thing. China is also known as a place where it's hard to get money out of China anyways. If I'm a person in China, I got a million bucks. It's very hard for me to get my money out. Literally, I would have to like take cash, get on a plane and get out of there. And so not only can you not get your money out, but imagine if you have a bunch of real estate and that real estate's crashing now, you're probably freaking out. So I think at the end of the day, it seems to be a, a blip. We'll just have to watch this stuff. But again, a pullback is not necessarily a bad thing. We want a pullback because we want an opportunity to buy things at a cheaper price. So like your Chipotle, technically nothing has changed if the market pulls back 10% or whatever other company that you love and, and buy. Those things are now an opportunity for you to get at a lower price if the actual story long-term hasn't changed at all. And so I think that's what people really want. You know, as they say, the ones who are sitting there and not freaking out when there's a pullback are the ones who are looking for like an investment opportunity. The ones who do panic and freak out usually are going to make a wrong move. All right. So that's it for this week. We got a bunch of cool things coming up. It's earnings season. So I figure we do a little bit more on earnings and especially companies that we all love and know. So make sure you're subscribed to the newsletter, thetalkmoney.com slash newsletter. Until next time.